You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing very well. This is my discussion with the bloke called Rob Cavastani. He's an outstanding guitarist and an even better bloke from a band called Death Angel. Death Angel are touring with Sepultura across Australia. I'm going to read out some dates. They're all in May. Tuesday the 15th, they're playing Melbourne at 170 Russell. Wednesday the 16th, they're playing Adelaide at the Gov, or the Gov, or the Gov. Either way, you know what I'm talking about. Friday the 18th, they're playing Brisbane at Eaton's Hill Hotel. Hopefully I'll get along to that one. Saturday the 19th, they're playing Sydney at the Metro Theatre. And finally, Sunday the 20th of May, they are playing Perth at Capital. Let's get to it. Here he is, Mr. Rob Cavastani. You've answered this question plenty of times already, but uh, just for my benefit and, and the people, because I host a podcast series, so I'll have listeners from all over the world, particularly in your part of the world, ironically, there in North America, but you're coming, oh, to, cool. you're coming to Australia in May, you're performing with the legend Sepultura, and you, you, mate, you're a legend in a legendary band as well, so it's a fantastic double bill. What sort of show are you bringing down to Australia, and are there songs that you find go very well in front of Australian audiences that you'll be playing? Hmm. Well, first of all, that's we're we're insanely excited to come to Australia. It's it's a rare treat for us. We tour a lot, but we do not get to tour down there nearly enough. So yeah, it's been four years since we were there with Creator. That's far too long in my book. But um, it is what it is, and we're happy that we we got these shows coming up now. And of course, with the mighty Sepultura, um, the package is obviously going to be insane. Um, and yeah, we're just, it's still a little bit of a ways away, so we haven't really decided on our exact set list yet. That'll, mm. that'll come soon to the time when we start getting into our live rehearsals for that. Um, but definitely it'll, that's one of my most fun things I love doing is putting together, putting the set list together. That's, that's my job. And, um, I love assembling the set list and, um, It'll, we'll definitely play songs off, hopefully, all of our albums, if we have enough time to. I'm, I'm thinking we will. So we'll we'll hit every album, and it'll be a well-rounded set. It'll be, the from awesome. my point of view, the best of the best of what, need, <laughs> of, of what will fit in the moment. And also, you know, within the night with Sepultura, that has something to do with it, too. So I'm picturing, you know, what their set might be like and what our set will be like. So we'll complement each other musically mm. and yeah, have have a nice uh, variety and uh, good flow for the, for the show for the fans in attendance. Um, but we'll definitely be playing songs from our latest album, The Evil Divide, because we've mm. that's that we've been supporting on tour over the last couple of years, and those songs are very fresh to us. Um, but yeah, our set will be fucking killer. I guarantee you that. Awesome. Yeah. Now. I mentioned right at the beginning that I do like to do some different things for my my interviews, and I like to keep them a bit a bit different. And you have been the you have been the mainstay in Death Angel for thirty five years, which is an incredible accomplishment, really. And there are two phases in the band's history, but three phases for you. So from nineteen eighty two to nineteen ninety one, and two thousand and one to the present, that involves Death Angel. So the nineties were a very hard era for heavy metal bands, and I've had long conversations with Blitz from Overkill, Miller from Creator, and Schmee from Destruction about the 90s. Now, you decided to do something about it, because a lot of fans won't recognise or realise that you were the front man of a band called The Organisation for a good part of the 90s, a band that I got into, because I'm a funk metal diehard, you see. I'm one of the only ones around, I find. So 
I find still find plenty to like about the two albums that you released. So there's a self-titled album and Savor the Flavor. So what's your take as you look back on that episode of your career? And sorry about the long narrative there. But I just was so keen to ask you this question. No, that's a great narrative. I'm 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 glad you 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 put that out there. And I actually um I actually have a very soft spot in my heart for the organization. That was an amazing um moment in life when that was happening. Unfortunately, it just it would just got caught in the middle of a of a of a weird moment in time of music, hmm. and it, we never were able to. It just people were puzzled by 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 that band they they wanted death angel and we couldn't escape the shadow of what we had already built as death angel and in our in our minds we were we were moving beyond that band hmm. and that's why we didn't call ourselves death angel even though four out of the five members yeah. were in that band um because we just really wanted to do something different and something new that we were doing then and it was not in our minds a continuation of death angel but the fact is is that what we couldn't comprehend in in the moment of time because we were inside of of the thing but when you look back of course you know you have the hindsight and you can see more clearly what the big picture of things looked like and maybe from Mm -hmm. other people other people's point of view and yeah people just would come to realize that we're the guys from death angel and then once that happened, then they're just at our show screaming for Death Angel songs like the whole time. Yeah. And and we refused to play any of them because we had this like totally stubborn headspace where we're like, no way, like the, those those guys are dead now. This is <laughs> us now and the, there's no way that's ever going to happen. Like you forget about it. You won't even hear a fucking riff from that band because we're moving forward from that. And it was a real clash of ideals happening between what people expected of us and what we were trying to do. So, but we, you know, at least in the very, you know, for the first 80% of the existence of that band, we, we didn't give a fuck. So mm. if it felt really good because we just didn't care, like you're, you're in this like, you know, young, even still back then we were still young. <laughs> yes. Yeah. People don't realize how young you were even back then. You were probably only in your mid twenties by then, weren't you? We were only mid twenties. We were already like over with one band that we had been in for eight years and three albums, and on to our next band. And we had gone through so much shit, like in in the in the ending part of Death Angel, where stuff just got you know real and ugly and ver- the various negative aspects of this music industry were yes. were being discovered by the us and in mm-hmm. our young selves we just did not want any of that shit we just wanted to just jam have fun playing music and screw all this business side of music that was getting in the way of everything so we just wanted to break free from everything and just be these like fucking bohemian musicians just running around not caring too much about the business side of it and trying to get back to the love of music that we originally had when we discovered music and formed our band to begin with. So in our minds, it was that. And so we had this real, we don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about us attitude. And it lasted for a good while until, yeah, you know, life. Yeah, until life reality bots. <laughs> Doesn't it? Soon, you know, we're just driving ourselves around in the van 
and fucking barely able to exist and like there's no support happening for for the for the organization as there was with death angel and not to mention metal in of itself like you said at the beginning was like fragmenting and disappearing and mm. the whole scene of it all was getting all weird and we were just swirling in it and then at one point it just it just broke us down it just, it's just the, the the sad part again is the last chapter where it was just like fuck this man this is just mm. we can't live like this like we're struggling staying on people's couches all over the world you know like just like yeah. living totally punk rock and getting older day by the day and it just crushes your soul at one point in time to that moment where you're just like this can't go on like there's no way like we can't survive this way we're like we're, we're crumbling like financially or whatever you know what i mean not even musically like we wanted to play music still mm. we wished we could have kept going it just rea there was no more reality for it like we were just putting everything we got into it and going home and suffering day by day in in a, in a starving musician's reality yeah it just got brutal and we had to pack it up and it was sad and but then after that i played in all kinds of other different projects with you know i had a band we me and mark and andy were in a band called swarm for a minute there mm -hmm. um and we just did other things just trying to have fun with music and not get get back into the the grind of the of the game uh, the, the the battle of existence yes. to try to do it for a living and so that whole part was, it was a struggle musically, like uh, music business wise, but at the same time, it was fun because it was just free and devoid of, of fighting about all this shit in the, in the industry part. And uh, so now we do that part again, but, but it's okay because our band is substantial at this point and, you know, yeah, that, fucking rule, deal, that fucking yeah. rules, <laughs> yeah. you know, so... Now we've learned to accept the good with the bad. And, you know, you go through all these different eras of your life where you are learning and learning by the mistakes that are being made and learning by experiences. And finally, you come to a point where you learn to be very thankful for things. So, mm. you know, we just focus on on just appreciating what we have in this moment and, you know, therefore we're able to deal with all the other bullshit that goes along. I think I've got time for one more question. So I've been wanting to ask you this for a while too, because my household is, um, you know, we're a Filipino household in that my wife's half Filipino and she's very close to that side of her family. We go to the Philippines quite a bit to uh, the island of Cebu and to Lapu Lapu City where our mother's from. So I'd like to ask you this, how much of the Philippines and the culture has identifiably influenced your music? So I appreciate that you're American and born in America, but much like my wife, you have a Filipino heritage. That's right. Did did I talk? Did we talk about this that one time in the past? No, no, not. I, I'm, oh, okay. This is the first time we're having a chat. Yeah, someone else, with a, someone with a similar situation. But um, yeah. So well, you're so you're a bit accustomed to the to the culture there. Yeah, it's, indeed, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, sorry, I got so, I I got so distracted pic picturing what you were telling me about. I don't know the exact what's the question again oh it's it's how much of being of Filipino heritage and the culture because I love the culture how much of it do you think has identifiably influenced your approach to music you know because I, I think one of the lovely things I like about Filipino culture 
you sound like a really happy-go-lucky bloke just talking to you. And the Filipinos are very much like that. You know, it's sort of, let's just get on with life. Let's just do what we've got to do. Let's just be happy and very family-centric and the like. And I think that that, I guess my point would be that probably attributes a lot of your, the attitude toward your perseverance and your staying power because Death Angel are a legendary band. They always were in my eyes. You know, I had your poster on my wall as a kid. Death Angel poster oh, on my wall was in the 90s. It was one of the... I bought it from Utopia in Sydney and I remember putting it up and everybody used to ask me, who are these guys, you know? And I'd put your music on and, and it was like, oh, it sounds, sounds like old destruction or something. You know? Wow, that's, that's an awesome story. Thanks for sharing that, Andrew. Um, and and actually, that is a really good question. That is... That's a damn original question. I have not been asked that before. Cool. And... And so because because of that, I never really thought about that. And as you would say that, I guess that's that has something to do with it. I guess that's true. I mean, culturally, um, Filipinos are very fa- it's all about family, family and and food <laughs> get together. and Absolutely. Eat. That's all we do in our household is just eat all the time. Our two daughters are so totally into it. I think we have about six or seven meals a day. <laughs> Dude, as soon as you walk in, are you hungry? Eat now. You're like, oh, good. you know. I remember my my, like some friends would come over, and sometimes like my my grandma was there with food, or my mom or something. They're like, my God, you can't say no to food when you come over. <laughs> like, but you know, so but that you know, subliminally or like it's it has a it probably has something to do with with keeping it together and the and the longevity and the loyalty aspect of things and the the the, the family atmosphere about the band and um well you know that and the fact that our band actually was family like literally we were that's it that's true and that's i forgot about that when i was asking the question but you know exactly what i'm talking about your band lived it you know you're all family related so that that definitely makes things in one way you know is it has pros and cons man because in in one way yeah you you treat it in in this kind of way so it it means that to you and sometimes though so it might get in the way of certain things because you require like you're considering that it's so that everyone needs to think it's that way too like you know so mm-hmm. like and nowadays but the thing is that the 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 newer guys that are in the band the the guys that weren't in the original band, mm-hmm. they are very used to this kind of culture too because they they grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, which means that they grew up having tons of Filipino friends and going over to their house and hanging out. And they, they're totally, you know, like Will Carroll, our drummer, he grew up in Daly City, which is like this town that's just, it's like almost all Filipinos in that town. It's like, cool. you know, San Francisco. And I grew up there when I was a younger kid. My family had lived there too because that's where all the Filipinos migrate to because there's big that's Filipino the communities. Yeah. yeah. And Will, who's not Filipino at all, he's an Irish guy, but he grew up in that clique. So joining Death Angel for him was like normal. Like he like he's like a Filipino dude, but in, in a white guy's body. You know? Oh, nice. And he's so used to everything. Yeah, he's like all, you know, half his friends were Filipino growing up and so we we definitely have a real family style vibe to our band and I love it that way because you practically are. I mean we're we're joined at the hip, man. We spend our whole life together. Like God, how many hours do we live together and stuff? So at that point we wanna be like like family and that's just how a band is to me and and how we we started that way and so it's hmm. I'm glad that everybody lives within 
a few, you know, enough distance of each other in the Bay Area that we are still like an organic band. Like we get together and jam as a band. Like we awesome. when we work on music, we work on our music. You know, uh, we'll come meet me at the studio and I'll show them our new, my new ideas, and then we'll go over like arrangements and beats and like hash it out. Actually jamming together as opposed to like just sending files over the internet and like piecing it together in that way, which of course would work, but I don't know. To me, I, I like being able to go down and get in the human interaction and laughing about stuff with each other. And, you know, just like yeah. how you would do it when you're kids, but, but doing it as old people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. Don't worry. I'm hitting, I'm, I'm just on the cusp of hitting middle age and turning 40 this year, mate. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you do tend to focus on what's important, don't you? And I think having fun and enjoying it life, there's probably, you know, there are a few things that are of equal importance, but mate, that's pretty much slap bang in the middle, isn't it? It pretty much is, man. And you, 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 you come to, you just come to learn to appreciate things. You, you imagine how it is without this group of friends and without your band that you can just know that at any given moment you have this confidence that you have this band together and all we need to do is contact each other on the bat phone and soon enough <laughs> we're all together fucking making this music and, and as one solid unit and you know and we 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 definitely have a good laugh together and we're 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 family man we're you know we're that's my other family. I have my I got my actual blood family at home, but I have my my touring and music family that mm. as deep as as it gets. So, you know, that's our experience with a band and music and I'm glad that that's the way that we experienced it cuz it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun that way. All right. Well, mate, good on you. Thanks so much for uh, giving me so much of your time. Um I'd love to catch up with you and just shake your hand and have a beer with you when you play Brisbane cuz that's where I'm from. Um, yeah, so definitely looking forward to catching the show in May. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing you there in May, in Brisbane. No worries, mate. All right, all the best with it, and uh, congratulations on a stellar career again. Thank you so much, and uh, thanks thanks for having me, and thanks for, for supporting Death Angel all the way since you had that poster in your room. <laughs> Mate, it's my pleasure. I've loved the music for so long. So it's always just, it's just awesome to talk to legends like yourself. You know who I spoke to a few hours ago was Zach Wilde. Um, oh really yeah, yeah yeah had a really good conversation with him mate and you know the one thing that i've always found with the true legends mate you're always so humble you know that oh just, man that's just what i noticed it's yeah incredible well thank you man thanks for recognizing all that and real pleasure to talk to you you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast my name is andrew mckay smith and that was my discussion with the excellent guitarist and even better bloke out of death angel mr rob cavistani thank you so much for listening